and welcome to Abandoned Cart, the podcast we wish we had when running our own e-commerce store. I'm Adam, the co-founder of Pink Leopard, a growth acceleration agency specializing in e-commerce. Today's topic is how to choose an e-commerce agency and the do's and don'ts to look out for for 2024. Joining us is Adam Pierce, CEO of Blend Commerce, a Shopify Plus and comprehensive e-commerce agency specializing in Shopify, of course, and email marketing, a wonderful fellow Midlands agency. Adam, welcome to the show. Lovely to have you, Adam. I'm scared that we're going to both bring out our really hardcore Birmingham accents on this. I know. So we'll, we'll do our press it. <laughs> Mine seems to be even worse on a recording as well. But no, thank you so much for, for joining us. We kick every episode off with this question so we, we can get to know you on a bit more of a, a personal level. So what's the best advice you've ever received and how has it impacted your life? So it's it probably from my dad, actually. And I probably there's a lot of people listening who have had this advice, but it's prior preparation prevents something poor performance. I won't swear. But in all honesty, for me, that is the guiding principle with, with most things that I do because I think the, the biggest thing is, particularly in our industry, there is a lot of expectations in e-commerce. And, and I think when you are meeting with a client or you are presenting to a room of people, people see through the fluff very quickly. And I think definitely in all the different things that I've done, it's never been more true than in e-commerce. So definitely for me, that is the best piece of advice I've had. A hundred percent. There's nothing worse as well when you do go into a meeting and you think, oh, no, I haven't prepared for that bit. And, you know, as we're going to chat through today in terms of selecting an e-com agency, you have to be in the room, ready, prepared, because there's so much competition in our industry. So, yeah, totally agree with that. Cool. Okay. So before we get into the questions, can you just give us a little bit of an introduction into yourself and into to Blend Commerce as well? Yeah, definitely. So as I alluded to there, I fell into e-commerce about 10 years ago. I'd done random things from management consulting to teaching, to marketing, to sales. And basically my business partner, who's also my brother-in-law, which obviously comes with its uh, ups and downs. I He had started to use this new platform called Shopify. He was doing very well in terms of building websites. But what he was struggling with is how he was going to support those brands with marketing. And that's where the idea of the name Blend came from. It sounds a bit naff now, but the blend of development and marketing, because at the time that wasn't really a thing where agencies were doing it together. And uh, yeah, we've been going for, as Blend, for about nine years now. And predominantly, as you said, that we work with Shopify Plus brands and brands that typically have a kind of subscription element to what they do. So something repeat also beauty, pets, food, vitamins, and supplements. They're all generally brands that we work with. And what we're looking at is saying, actually, look, how do we get those customers keep buying from you? And how do we then make sure that your lifetime value is as big as it can be and then help them then reduce that cost for acquisition? So basically, we're trying to make sure their margin is as healthy and as fat and as profitable as we can possibly make it. Fantastic. Okay. That's a great introduction. Okay. So first proper question then, when does a brand need an e-commerce agency and is there a certain kind of tipping point that, that brings them to that, uh, to that point? Yeah, definitely. And I think that the thing with this is that it's a question that I think a lot of brands have. And a lot of the time, the answer is when you get to a million, for example, that's always a number that's thrown around there in revenue. You don't need an agency. For me, I think that's such a dross. From my point of view, I think there's two things that you need to look at. Number one is, 
in terms of hiring in an agency, it needs to be based around the skills that you've got in the business because ultimately when you're using an agency, you need to be thinking about number one, the problem that you're actually trying to solve. So is that a revenue number? Is that losing customers? What is that core thing that is keeping the brand owners up at night or the CFO up at night? And from that then saying, in terms of solving that problem, do we have those skills in the business? Now, obviously you could say, look, go out there and get yourself a developer, get yourself a performance marketer. But we all know that in terms of doing that, you've got the cost of salary, You've got, obviously, in the UK, national insurance contributions. You've got recruiter fees. It all adds up, and you've then got a lag, usually, with three to six months to get that person firing. With an agency, you're not getting that. You're getting them straight in. You've got trained staff, and usually with agency, and it'll be the same for you guys, Adam, is that they are not tapping into one person. They're tapping into a whole team of people. So if you realize, look, there is a skill in our business that isn't there that's going to get us that problem fixed for me that's the point we need to start turning to agency and it doesn't matter if it's development if it's performance marketing seo what it might be that's what you got to look at and i think the other thing you can think about is that there was some research done probably about two years ago which said look when it comes to spend on actually working with agencies what is the roi how does it help you grow and what came back is that if as a brand, you are looking to maintain where you are now, i.e. hit those same revenue numbers year on year, most brands are spending between 3 and 5% of their revenue on agencies to help them do that. Now, you're saying in that perspective, look, you're maintaining where you are. If you're looking to grow, the stat show it's usually 8 to 11% of your revenue. So I think there's two things there. One is looking at, okay, what's the issue and where are the skills? And second, in terms of how much you should be spending and how it should work, that will be my guidance for saying, look, those two things in check is going to say when you need them and then ultimately what kind of level you should be looking at to spend as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think for, for any business out there, they would really benefit from working with an agency early on because they're going to get to where they need to quicker without making all the pitfalls and the mistakes and everything along the way. Because e-commerce is a complex beast and trying to figure it out yourself, you're gonna, it's going to be costly and you'll lose faith. And then what we hear a lot of Pink Leopard is, obviously we're in the performance marketing world, but it's always Facebook ads don't work. And it's okay. What is your experience in running Facebook ads or Google ads to this point? We don't really. And we're spending 50 to 100 pounds a day, for example, and it's not really giving us a return. But it's really just popping onto Facebook, putting money into it and expecting money to come back out without looking at one, all the elements of performance marketing, but all of the wider picture with e-commerce to make sure your performance marketing is working as best it can. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think, I think investing in an agency is the right uh, term and doing it as soon as you can, but with the right agency that's got your best interests, I think is the big mm. thing. Because I think, Adam, you, you must say this, you know, look in the various different Facebook groups and Slack groups and WhatsApp groups where you, you've got younger brands in there there was always this kind of conversation going about, look, who knows of a cost-effective agency for Facebook ads? You know, what's the minimum that I can spend? Yeah. If you're asking those questions, for me, you're not ready for an agency because you're going to get burnt. Because ultimately, if you are playing around that level, so well, look, I've got a thousand pounds or a thousand dollars a month to spend. For me, that is a complete no. Yeah. You're not going to get the right agency for you. 
And my thought at that point is, look, actually, wait until or think about reapportioning funds of the rest of the business to allow you to have that level up where it's actually going to be effective. There, there was a lot of snake oil out there, and it just it makes me feel a bit weird when I see those conversations going on. A hundred percent. And I think, I don't know whether you have this at Blend, but we have to say no to, to quite a few inquiries that come through to us because mm. they're ready for what we can do for them to accelerate them to where they need to be. But they don't have the budget really to do it properly and they're expecting miracles overnight. So we have to educate some of the leads that are coming through to us and say, look, this is quite conceptual at the moment. You need to make sure that you've, you've got a good website and a good product, obviously, but you need to see some organic traction first to really prove the viability of this business before you start spending on it, essentially. And that's where I think everybody at Pink Leopard, we can put our hands on our hearts and say, we, we want to be honest and we want to be credible with any business that comes to us. And if we're not the right fit at that time, we will happily refer you to another agency that might be better working with startups or we'll give you the advice to actually put these steps in place first before waxing a load of money on, on the platforms. And one thing we know is true when it comes to the likes of Facebook and Google, for example, they're there to take your money. They will take your money regardless of how you spend it. Totally. 100% you need someone in your corner who's going to spend it wisely for you. So yeah, I totally agree. Those ones that are talking about small budgets, they're really they're not necessarily the right fit for any business at any stage, really. No, go and find something else to do or find more funds before you have that conversation, 100%. Yeah, definitely. So what would be, oh, we've touched on it there a little bit, but when people are starting to look to work with an e-com agency, what are the first steps that they should embark on? Yeah, I think the initial thing is to boil it down to a singular problem or three issues. So typically for us, when we have a client come on, the issues for them is that, look, we're not hitting our revenue goal. We have a revenue goal of X by Y date. It is we're losing customers in terms of our subscription, or typically, no, we are seeing that customers are falling off at month four. Those are very well-defined problems because what you're doing is immediately, you're not just saying we need an agency, we need an agency to fix this thing. And I think that that sort of ability to eat that out is something that you need to do first. If you think we need an agency, a lot of great agencies out there will help you do that. So they will usually do a free audit with you. They will help you look at the data and say, look, actually, we think this is the biggest problem that you've got. So I think that's the first thing you need to make that very pointed and find that first. I think the other thing is, look, there's two things here with agencies that like you will know, Adam. It's number one is the agency is there to fix a set defined problem. The second thing is that agency then has to become an extension of your team. Mm -hmm. There's no point looking at an agency of them and us. And I think sometimes, it's, oh, it's the IT guys, it's the SEO guys, the PPC guys. If you've got that mentality from the outset, my point would be there, don't bother an agency because you've got to get into that mindset of we are effectively hiring this company to come in as team members to try and actually solve the problem that we've got. And I think with that, look at the size of the agency. Now, we sometimes will win over some very big, very long established, huge Shopify Plus agencies because the brands that come in are mid-sized and they want a mid-sized agency. And for me, that's a very smart move because what can happen sometimes is that if you are a small fish in a very big pond, you can sometimes get overlooked 
because ultimately it's economics. If you're a small brand, you're not paying that much money. They're not going to prioritize you out over multi-million pound brands because that brand will be, be spending much more money. It's it, you know, Everyone should be clear on that. So I think if you can find an agency that is a similar size to you, and also in terms of what they put out on social media on their site, if they talk like you talk, if they put content out that resonates with you, that should be the first thing you're looking at. And I think the last thing is when it comes to looking at case studies, focus on the problem they've solved, not the industry. Now, we've had some situations before where a client has turned around to a potential client and said, look, you haven't got experience in blah industry. But then my retort for that is, well, hang on a minute. You told me that your issue was that, say, for example, at month four, your subscribers are dropping off. We've done that with this company. And I think the thing is, is that when you are looking purely at, okay, well, this one only works with apparel, we're apparel, great. It can work out, but what you got to remember is that agencies that solving a problem, they can transplant that from lots of different types of brands into your brand. So you benefit from that learning they've got with a wider group of people, opposed to it just being the industry. And it, and it happens a lot with creative agencies sometimes, is that if you go to creative agency and ask them for a campaign and they are in food or they are in apparel, you will see the same thing regurgitated a lot. And I think that is the thing to worry about, first of all, is look, can they solve the issue? Not, are they necessarily just working in the street that we're in? I think that's absolutely spot on. It is really looking at, can they fix this problem specifically? And you can always find the detail and ask the questions about that. But the two points you made previous to that as well about making sure that you've got shared values with the agency um, and making sure that they, that the businesses that you're working with and the agency that you're working with have a very collaborative approach because it's never going mm. to work otherwise. Like you said before, the IT team, for example, when you have businesses looking at agencies like that, they're not really seeing the value in what we can bring, which is a red flag for, for us then. I think a lot of the conversations that we have, it's very much a... It's a two-way thing. We're interviewing the the client, but they're as as much as they're interviewing us to make sure that we are that right fit for them. Yeah, I think you really need to, as you say, have those things in place for sure before you uh, enter in with an agency. And like you say, it's a relationship. I know it, it's not a transaction. And I think someone years ago said to me, the way you need to think about it is as a brand is that you know, ultimately, if you are having a house built with an architect, the relationship that you've got there is very much two-way. You bounce ideas off each other. If either of you doesn't agree with something, you'll voice it. But if you are saying to someone, actually, look, I need to dig a hole in the garden, you pay them and they do it. It's a different mentality. And I think sometimes that vision of, look, there's a garden there, dig it up. Yeah, that mentality, you, you can't do that with an agency because both the agency and you as a brand, that it's just not going to work. You are part of that business together to help you fix the problem that you've got. I think that's a really great analogy. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I'm going to use that in the, in the future if you don't mind. As <laughs> well. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So, say a brand then has got to a point they do need an agency and they uh, organise a discovery call. They're about to have a conversation with you. What should they expect to receive before that initial call? Yeah, I think you know, the, the first thing is, if you're not being asked about the problem that you've got, for me, that's a bit worrying because ultimately that call should be about, okay, what's led to the problem? Um, what have you tried to fix so far? Here are some of the ideas that we've got. So being asked about that is is important. 
The other question I'll, I'll be asking as well is that, uh, asking what your spend is. Now, this is always a question that brands hate. What is your budget? The reason that we ask that as an agency is because ultimately we need to know from that point whether actually you're going to get ROI from our service. Mm-hmm. If you're not, then actually the, there's no point us talking. It's better for us to refer you to someone else. So I would say to brands out there, don't be perturbed if you're being asked what your revenue is or your spend. Mm-hmm. All that we're doing as an agency is trying to work out, can you actually afford it and can it? Can you get an ROI? There's no point for either parties continuing. I think the other thing as well is, and I think agencies are getting a lot better at this is, getting something helpful before. So one of the things that we'll do at Blend is that if someone contacts us about, for example, CRO, I'll go and speak to our strategy and say, look, guys, we need to show this brand that we are switched on to them. Can you spend 30 minutes analyzing their site and give me three things that you feel are very pressing for them to mm-hmm. tackle from a CRO perspective? You can't use data at that point, but getting something helpful or useful Seeing that pro- proactivity before, rather than just here's a Zoom link, jump on the Zoom call. For me, I would be expecting that. And I think finally, having an overview of their services. If you haven't called specific things out when you contacted them, having a, a small deck to show what you do, being directed to a landing page to have a look at, just again, seeing that the agency is switched on to you and checking that they're sending you relevant information before will give you a clue as to whether they actually do want you or are you just another lead that they're processing because they've got to hit a target. A hundred percent. I think you hit the nail on the head there about not being perturbed by asking quite intrusive questions for businesses, if you like. So Mm. when you're asking about revenue, we have to ask about, as I'm sure you do as well, profit margins. We need to know the health of the business really. And Sometimes it, oh, I, don't, I don't want to share my uh, profit margins with you. And so we can't help you then because we really need to know where you're at as a business right now so that we can move the needle and, and solve that problem that you have. We need to know everything about your e-commerce store to the point of where we need to understand what your supply chains, what your reviews are like on Trustpilot and different sites, because it all plays a huge factor into, into our performance, essentially. If we're looking on trust pilot and we can see that you can't deliver your your stock to your customers getting traffic to the site and getting them to convert in sales is going to be really tricky because people will look at that all of that sort of stuff so i totally agree if an agency is asking you intrusive questions it's a really good thing for the business that they're engaging with definitely and i think one of the other questions that sometimes i was surprised actually now i've been following spencer gallagher and the guys at agency Enomics for for quite a while now and one of the things that Spencer always talks about is that agencies, when they are talking to a brand, should be asking which other agencies that brand's talking to. And I think there was two surprises for me. One is that most brands are very willing to give that information. I think the other thing is understanding from a brand's perspective why they're asking that. Ultimately, again, in that situation, if that, if for example, I know that we are bidding against three or four of our competitors. I can highlight things that I know that we have strengths in. And ultimately, I can call out if there is an agency that has strengths over and above us, I can call that out in the actual proposal as well. So I think for me, again, that question is imperative because it just means that the brand has got, you're going warts and all from the outset. If you're saying we cannot do or we cannot support with, for me, that is a very strong position to be in. 
if, if a supplier does that to us and say, look, we can help with these things, but not with that's a much better position to be in three minutes down the line going, actually, guys, sorry, we can't do that thing for you. Trust me, three or four years ago, I've been there. Because as most dummy agency owners do, you promise the earth when you start to think you're Superman and you soon realize that you're actually not. Or you're just a normal human being that could only do certain things very well. Yeah, absolutely. And that obviously that key questioning is a really uh, important factor. Are there any other red flags that you've come across that, that brands should be aware of when entering into this? Yeah, I think look, with in terms of red flags, for me, I think, look, immediate discounting is always a worry. Because again, look, I've been there, I've done it a few years ago, when we were not as big an agency and we needed deals to go through, that pitch, I've looked straight away, look, you've been pitched. And actually, if you sign up this week, we're going to give you 25% discount off. Mm-hmm. That's a worry. And I think if you're hearing that at the early stage, then I think that's something to look at. And I think the other thing as well is if there's any unwillingness to give more than surface level details or explanation of processes. Now, sometimes I will have this because I actually run sales for the agency and I'll be asked, you know, look, from a technical perspective, how does this thing work? I'm about as technical as a box of matches. So I have to hold my hands and say, look, guys, I can't answer this, but what I'm going to do is get our lead technical developer to either jump on a call with you or do your Loom video to explain this. If it's a case of actually, look, no, it just works that way and that's it. For me, that's a red flag again, because it might be that either A, are they unfortunately overpromising to you? Or B, are they working in an environment where maybe there are things that are outsourced? Now, I'm not saying that outsourcing can't work, but I know a few good agencies that do it very well. It has to be managed exceptionally well. I know a lot of other agencies where outsourcing can land them in a whole heap of mess. And obviously that then means a mess for the brand. So just be careful to make sure that you get enough information and you're not being given these huge promises. And I think an, another good thing that I heard the other day is, is a, an agency, and I've forgotten his name now, and he said, you know, one of the things when you're asked for guarantees, the only thing you can guarantee as an agency is a service. You can't guarantee results. And I just thought that is so true. So if you're hearing guarantees of X return or X ROI, X ROAS, then for me, there's so many variables. I, I don't know how people can do that. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. I think uh, it always puts the frighteners on us when we hear guarantees of businesses approaching Pink Leopard to work with us. It's just, mm. it doesn't wash. I think the one main thing I've learned throughout this journey that, that I've been on with Pink Leopard is there's no silver bullet. It's hard work and you have to do, you can't cut corners. You've got to do all of the hard yards all the way through. So anybody who's trying to offer you something that seems too good to be true, it, it really genuinely is. I know it's a bit cliche, but it is true. Yeah, it's the truth completely. Yeah. Okay, cool. So say you've got to that point then, you've uh, a brand has met a really good agency. There's a good fit there. Um, it gets to proposal stage. How should a proposal be assessed? I think going back, first of all, to that problem. And I think if what you need to do that proposal is say, on a scale of one to five, if you've got three or four agents in front of us, what have we seen from this proposal that gives us confidence from a scale of one to five, they can solve that problem? Are they talking specifically about the issue and what they're going to do? Have they got case studies where they've solved this problem elsewhere? So that should then, I think, be the core thing that you're looking at, first of all. 
I think once you've got to that stage, you're probably going to get rid of a couple of proposals because some of them might be generic. Some of them just might not have understood the problem. Mm-hmm. So that might whistle it down again. The second thing is then from that team fit point of view, you've got the confidence they can solve the problem, but can they solve that with your team? Mm-hmm. So if they are talking in the agency in a way that is uber technical and you know that your team are not technical at all and need that handholding, maybe not. On the other hand, if they're saying that actually they're introducing different team members, this person is going to be working with this person, they're already in the agency's mind thinking about how it's going to work on a day-to-day basis. Because look, a lovely glossy proposal is great, but the hard yards in February and it pouring down with rain and you've got to make sales, you've got to know that there's going to be people that have got you back. So I think that's the second one. And then finally then with that is that in terms of if you say, look, they seem to fit, have we got other evidence that shows that they can solve that problem with other brands? That should then be the icing on the top to then put it down. I think if you use that process, because you should be getting agencies that you can afford because that should have been worked out prior proposal. Yeah. The cost thing shouldn't really be an issue. Mm-hmm. It should then be about what can they do and can they do it with you that helps you get to the final agency. Yeah, definitely. I think you made a really good point there about the agency making sure that they that it's not generic and that they are adapting the proposal to suit that particular client. And you said before about if they're bringing lots of technical jargon, the agency should know whether this particular client is into that technical jargon or they're not. And if they're not, they need to make sure that it's understandable and it's tailored yep. to that particular person. So, yeah, I, t- I totally agree with that. Absolutely. We've been burned both ways of this. Like we, we lost a proposal last year whereby the founder of the company was actually exceptionally technical. So he was actually previously a CTO. And we completely missed the mark on it because we didn't understand correctly from our initial process that they were going to have a big hand in the decision. And the feedback that we got of that was actually there wasn't enough detail in there about the technical process to allow them to uh, analyze. So it can work both ways. So that was a lesson for us is you've got to make sure that you understand what actually that person needs and wants and understand them better mm-hmm. before you then go in with the tone. Because with our proposals, they would say about 70% of it stays roughly the same. of it is then usually manipulated in some way to go up and down in the technical scale. And then that final 10% is specific to that particular brand, Mm -hmm. showing them that we understand them and we understand the problem and then actually what it's going to be like for us to work with our specific team. So that was how we break down a proposal in terms of the, the amendments of kind of the core one that we've got for our core offering. Perfect. I think that's, I think that's really helpful for the, for the listeners. I suppose when we've gone through in that entire process then, and yeah, both good fits for each other, good brand, good agency, what should a brand then do to get the most out of the agency once they do start working together? I'm going to use an analogy here, and it's a bit of a gross one, but I'm going to go for it anyway. So remember when you first meet your partner and you're always on best behavior, you don't pass wind, you don't swear, you go to nice restaurants, you don't just go to the chippy you always go to. I think it's the same thing when you are then working with agency. So basically, the sooner you can hang it all out and flop it and go, look, this is us. This is who we are. These are the problems that we've got. And basically having frank and honest conversations from the outset is really the easiest way to get the best of an agency. Because what will happen then is 
The agency then is then not all hunched up in meetings. We know what the problem is. We're there to help. And I think with that then, let the agency lead. You are going to be paying money. You're not just paying the agency to do stuff for you. You're paying them to think and you're paying them to bring those skills to your business that you didn't have. And we've had this numerous times in the past where you start working the client and you realize that there is definitely a narrative in that company of, we still need to maintain control on this thing. In that situation, you'll have seen this as well, I'm sure, yeah. but that happens, it never works out. So getting to that point where you can show them trust, not only will you get more from the agency, because we had that with our clients, that the clients that are, this is exactly what's happening. We share the highs, we share the lows. They will get more from the team. But secondly, you'll also get better results because that whole point about collaborating before, mm-hmm. if you are truly seeing each other as an equal, as a colleague, you're going to win more rather than saying, that's your thing, this is our thing. And having that separation, for me, that is is deadly when it comes to a relationship between a brand and an agency. 100%. I think what we find is it's that first three-month window is the trickiest one. Yeah. And yeah. we have a lot of conversations to begin with where the brands that we're looking to work with has been burnt by an agency in some form or another. They may work worked with a freelancer that was maybe good at Facebook, but not so good at Google. Promising, over-promised, as you mentioned before, I think being the big thing and not managing those expectations. But that first three months, we can find with, with some clients to be tricky because we're trying to win their trust and we're trying to showcase and flex our muscles on what we can actually do for their business. Now, like you, we won't work with businesses that we don't think we can perform for. We'll let them go in the earlier stages. So to get to that point where we're saying, look, we really believe that we can help you to the point of where we'll actually work together, but you've got to trust us to do our thing. We work on multiple e-com accounts every single day with a very experienced team, but it's not like we're practicing on your time or just giving this a go. But I think that first three-month hurdle is the big one. And I totally agree. If, if we've got the clients that can go, look, we've invested in you, we chose you for a reason, sh- show us what you can do and we're going to leave you to it. That's the best kind. I think some, an agency owner said to me once, the best thing you can do with a brand new client is send them on holiday for a month. And I thought, do you know what? That's absolutely spot on because it means we can crack on and we will get better results. Yeah. So I'm sure. I think the killer a lot of the time, and we still have this now, is that sometimes a client will review, review, iterate, iterate, iterate. And then all that happens is nothing happens on site. They're then unhappy. We're unhappy because we've got things ready to go. And unfortunately, then the relationship breaks down. It's, I think, again, and we'll probably, we're circling back here to the first question about when it's time to find agency. Yeah, You are not comfortable in that detachment and that, okay, we have an ability then to trust this agency. Either you shouldn't really be working with an agency or you've got the wrong agency mm-hmm. because you need to have that from the outset to make sure that you're going to get that return and, and solving that problem that you've initially worked out that you need. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. I think that circles back really nicely there, as you say. And it's been, it's been amazing what you've been saying. I think it's been so helpful for the audience. It's been helpful for me to listen to as well. Is, is there anything that I didn't ask that you think would be good for the audience? I think we've covered a lot here. And I think, look, if anyone is thinking about agencies, 
my core thing here is just go and do that due diligence piece before in terms of what you need. Don't worry so much about the agency. Think about you first, what you need, what skills you've got, and then go and approach agencies because that will honestly set you on a much better path. Love that. Thank you so much for that, Adam. And thank you very much for being a guest with us today. It's been a, a fantastic episode and I'm really excited to share it with everybody. Before I let you go, how can our listeners connect with you? Yeah, I'm quite active on LinkedIn. So it's Adam Pierce, P-E-A-R-C-E. And then obviously have a look at the Blend website, blendcommerce.com. There's some usual things on there about CRO and CVO and uh, tells you all about our agency, what we do, who we are and how we can solve problems. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. And thank you to everybody for listening. If you did enjoy the show, please subscribe and follow us. We've got more episodes uh, coming soon. And if you enjoyed the podcast, if you kindly leave us a review, that'd be great. If you do want to discuss any aspect of digital marketing for your business, then the team at Pink Leopard is more than happy to help. Just visit pinkleopard.co.uk for details. Thank you very much. See you soon.